Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right. So uh, as Don said, I am Kara Steinberg. I'm happy to share space with all of you guys this morning. Welcome to all of you. A quick little just background, like who I am. Um, I'm a physical therapist. My thing is ortho and sports med. And I'm also an educator. Uh, This includes volunteering for Planned Parenthood, PPLA. I, I focus on sex education with high schoolers and middle schoolers. And I am a trained mindfulness uh, facilitator from the uh, UCLA Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior. And I am a certified mindfulness teacher uh, through the International Mindfulness Teachers Association. Uh, Of course, none of these things define me, just like no one thing defines you. And I have been involved with Inside LA since 2014. I'm part of the Santa Monica Sangha. I have been teaching small interactive classes on Zoom uh, since March, 2020. You can obviously see the correlation of when I went on Zoom and COVID. <laughs> so, and although my classes are taught in a secular fashion, my background and my studies are in the Theravada tradition. So uh, my attitude is that these are all doorways into the same insight, which is learning to live a life being kind to yourself, to others, and to difficult situations. So this morning, I'm going to be guiding you in an equanimity practice, which relates to this kindness. And I will be leaving room for meditating in silence at the end. So please feel free to go underneath my words at any time. And after we sit, we'll kind of go with your norm schedule. We'll have a Dharma talk on equanimity. We can have some open discussion. This will include uh, breakout rooms for you guys. And we'll do a short loving kindness practice at the end uh, and dedicating the merit. So any comments or questions before we start? No, everyone's good. Okay, uh, I do recommend, and uh, this this is kind of my PT brain going on. Uh, I always encourage people to really help your body to be comfortable. So one thing I find that some people don't think to do is to take a pillow or a blanket, sweatshirt, you know, anything that's handy, and put it on your lap. And then what you can do is you can just rest your your hands, your arms on the pillow. I'm like doing it, you can't see my hands, like they're just kind of resting it. And this will just automatically help your shoulders drop and relax. So if something is available and you choose to do that, great. If not, that's cool too. Okay. Okay. So I invite you to find a posture that supports your intention to be awake, alert, but also comfortable, relaxed, 
and your eyes can be open, softly looking down. Or if you want to get rid of the sense door of seeing, you can have them closed. And starting with three deep breaths to help the settling and process happen more easily for you. If you're feeling like you need a little bit more energy, you can take a big inhale. And on the out breath, having a sense of letting go. Inviting softening, maybe to the micro muscles of your eyes, the brow area, the jaw. And if things stay tight, that's okay too. For this short period of time, give yourself permission to not plan or fix whatever else is your habit or in your mind. You can leave all of that outside of the room. And if needed, it'll be there waiting for you. Breathing in this nourishing breath and slowly breathing out, softening, releasing, and letting go as best as you're able. Just letting yourself be here now in this moment. Become aware of the body sitting. Sit and know you're sitting. Finding, following, and feeling the breath, wherever it's the most comfortable for you. Maybe it's the abdomen rising and falling, the chest expanding and contracting, or maybe it's the cool air coming in through your nose, the warm air coming out. Or maybe you feel the whole body breathing like a balloon inflating deflating, letting the breath be your home base for your awareness. This is a place you can always come back to at any time during this meditation or any meditation. And if the breath doesn't work for you, it's fine. You can use sounds gently washing over you or the sensations in your hands or feet. And if your mind has wandered, it's okay. It's just part of the practice. Maybe labeling it, thinking, planning, and then gently without judgment, coming back to your anchor. Now think of a situation in your mind's eye where you were fairly equanimous and you felt even-minded, balanced, maybe a sense of non-reactivity. Maybe a time you were about to yell at someone, but instead took a pause. 
Or maybe you felt a little tweak somewhere in the body. You thought, hmm, okay. It can be anything. This maybe felt like an intimacy with what is. Notice if you can see, sense, or feel what it was like. Where were you? What do you see? Are you with someone? Do you hear something? And most importantly, what did you feel inside your body? And if nothing comes to mind, it's okay. I invite you to imagine a mountain. A mountain is solid, strong, majestic, powerful. Can you recall a time that you felt the strength of a mountain? Or imagine what that's like. What does that feel like? The mature oak tree is another symbol of equanimity. Firmly rooted in the earth, it's not moved by the changing seasons, weather patterns. The tree owes the stability to its roots, which are anchored securely. So it's stable, but it's not rigid. Even in strong storms, the branches are still able to move. Choosing whatever works best in your mind's eye, the memory of feeling equanimity, a mountain or an oak tree. I now invite you to direct these phrases towards the image, situation, yourself, or another person, and continue to notice what is happening in your own self, in your body, your heart, and in your mind. Saying to yourself, things are as they are, may accept things just as they are, and this phrase can be fine on its own. Things are as they are, and I accept things just as they are. Now 
And if it's applicable to your situation, I am as I am. May I accept myself just as I am. You are as you are. May I accept you just as you are. We're simply letting things be as they are. Letting things be as they are. And if it involves another person, you can also say, remembering that people's happiness and unhappiness depends on their actions and not on your wishes. You can say, even though I love and or care about someone, I am not responsible for a person's happiness, unhappiness, or actions. If this sounds a little wordy, you can just say, I am not responsible for a person's happiness, unhappiness, or actions. Letting the body breathe on its own. Now imagine something that's made equanimity difficult. Maybe a situation you feel less balance, more reactivity. Could be something simple. Maybe you're a little overwhelmed by work, school, or difficulty with a person or situation. Maybe driving recently, somebody kind of pissed you off, just pick something in the small to medium range. And as you remember the situation, notice what's happening in your body. Maybe there's some tension, Tightness, contraction, constriction, feeling of aversion. Maybe you don't like it. You wish it were different. Notice what you are feeling right now. And if you like, you can put your hand on your heart where you can put it on your belly or somewhere else for supportive touch. Maybe there's some sense of anxiety, anger, frustration. I invite you to just let your body breathe and notice 
what is here now? If you like, you can label it. Anxiety is present or sadness is being known. Think of equanimity as an inner smoothness. And now you will try the phrases again, either towards the situation, yourself, or maybe another person. Things are as they are, and I accept things just as they are. And again, this can be fine on its own. And if it's feeling too difficult, maybe just say, this too shall pass. And then see if you can come back to things are as they are. May I accept things just as they are. Maybe adding as best as I'm able or in this moment. Things are as they are, and I accept things just as they are, as best as I'm able. And if it's applicable to your situation, you can say, I am as I am. May I accept myself just as I am. You are as you are. May I accept you just as you are. Letting things be as they are. And remembering that people's happiness and unhappiness depends on their actions and not on your wishes. Saying, even though I love and or care about someone, I am not responsible and can't control a person's happiness, unhappiness, or actions. I am not responsible and can't control a person's happiness, unhappiness, and actions. Seeing if you can just be here now and knowing that you can always come back to your anchor. And if your mind wanders, just touching on it, labeling it, or saying, thank you, not now. And then coming back to the words that resonate with you. 
or your anchor. I invite you to let things be as they are and hold it with equanimity, balance, ease, patience. May you see the world with quiet eyes, knowing that everything is constantly changing and much of it is out of your control. Things are as they are. You can be with things as they are. You may not like these things and that's okay. They may not be what you want, but you can be with them as best as you're able in this moment. Now I invite you to go back to that positive memory of the feeling of strength and balance, or maybe the mountain or oak tree. And if you like saying to yourself, things are as they are, may accept things just as they are. Equanimity helps you pause the control. Can you allow what is here to simply be here without reacting? You have that capacity within you to handle what life brings. Sit here with that feeling for a few more breaths and then meditating on your own in silence focusing on equanimity or coming back to the breath or your anchor or whatever feels right for you in this moment.
whatever you have to deal with that's coming up that you don't know about, may you meet it with equanimity. And before I ring the bell, I wanna read you a quote by Mary Oliver. Fully engage, but when it's time to let go, let go. And if your eyes are closed, you can keep them closed. Listening to the sound of the bell as the meditation comes to a close. Noticing the sound arising and passing away. ready, you can wiggle your toes or fingers, maybe rolling your shoulders back a few times, kind of feeling your body wake up a little bit. And take a moment to notice any sounds in the room. Notice how your body feels right now. Notice your thoughts. Emotions. And if you like, maybe pausing for a moment and deciding how you'd like to continue on with your day. Maybe making an intention. And then whenever you're ready, if your eyes are still closed, you can open them, reconnecting with the world around you. Okay, welcome back. Uh, those of you that did not come exactly at, at 10, which is absolutely fine. Uh, I'm Kara Steinberg, and I'll be talking a little while now about equanimity before uh, bringing it open to the room and doing breakout rooms. So when you're faced with these difficult either body sensations, emotions, thoughts, it's really natural to find yourself in a reactive state, but it doesn't have to be your mind's default setting. So I really love the arrow analogy, which some of you have maybe heard before, that pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. So this first arrow, is that sometimes you have physical and or emotional pain, and this is simply part of life. But the second arrow, and the, all the rest of the arrows that you keep shooting, those are reactivity. And these are the arrows that really cause increased suffering. Uh, think of the example of you get up in the morning and you have knee pain. So first arrow, knee pain is present. Maybe the pain is a six out of 10. Then you think, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to go on my walk this morning. And now it's six times 10, so now it's 60. What if I can't go on that hike I was supposed to go on with my friend later in the week? Now it's 
60 times another 10, 600. What if I have to go to the doctor? 6,000. What if I need surgery? 60,000. What if I, I'm not able to walk normally after I have surgery? So it started with just a simple pain in the knee. And then now it basically you, you've had surgery and you're not able to walk and it's this whole big thing. <laughs> so this is just what our brains do. So what's great, there's a positive to this, is that when you meditate, you create this mind that can more easily be with whatever it is in spite of conditions. And mindfulness meditation helps you create more space with difficulties arise. So instead, you can mindfully respond. So it's that difference between reacting and responding and meet the moment with equanimity. So equanimity, equanimity <laughs> means cultivating a state of even-mindedness, balance, non-reactivity, and well-being. It's this ability to not be thrown off balance by the events in your life. And a lot of them, if not all of them, are beyond your control. So it creates this sense of space. With equanimity, you act out of wisdom, this insight, rather than reactivity, and you can respond rather than react. So maybe simply taking a mindful pause during the day, just you know, feeling your feet on the ground, taking a breath, pausing. Patience and equanimity are intertwined. Equanimity is acknowledging that things are as they are, which I said during the guidance, and it helps you better be able to simply be with things as they are, even if you don't like it. It creates the space and makes you more of an observer rather than getting so entangled in whatever it is that is difficult. You can offer love, knowing that you cannot control the course of life. And you don't have to fix everything. So with the show of hands, like how many people can relate to wanting to fix things? Like I know I love to fix. <laughs> so it's a really common trait. I mean, we, and lots of times our intentions are really good. It helps to know that cognitively, everything is constantly changing and that this too shall pass. So everything is impermanent. And that's a whole Dharma talk on itself, but the, that helps us better be able to be in this more of an equanimous state. So can you accept things as they are right now, knowing this? It's not gonna stay the same. This is one of my favorite practices and I use it a lot off the cushion which I think is so important to be able to take your practice you know, from your formal practice to your daily life. So especially for me, um, dealing with daily chronic pain, with relationships, politics, global issues, uh, with physical pain, I'm able to observe it with curiosity rather than shooting all those arrows I was talking about earlier or kind of you know, freaking out about it and just escalating the pain. So it is a really helpful practice. 
Uh, Mary Stankovich talks about living with an undefended heart. And this is a quote from her. She says, equanimity is developing a steady, deep intimacy with ourselves beyond preference. It's a willingness to be present with our most intimate experiences without wanting it to be different. That's what an undefended heart is. Easy, right? <laughs> so it's not, it's practice. All of this is practice. It takes patience and time and dedication. So it's this balance between seeing clearly and responding appropriately and knowing that this takes practice, bringing in that kindness factor to yourself. You can say to yourself during the day and when you're meditating, may I accept things just as they are and maybe adding as best as I'm able if needed. I accept things just as they are, as best as I'm able because it's not always easy to accept things just as they are. Equanimity is a spacious stillness. So one can be there with the unpleasant and the pleasant with the same balance. It brings calm and steadiness to moments of joy as well as difficulty. So it makes it so that you're not gonna be grasping so much onto those joyous moments. It protects you from an emotional overreaction and allows you to be and rest in a bigger perspective. Now having equanimity does not make you passive. So indifference is referred to as the close enemy of equanimity. You can still engage in actions of justice, but do it from a mind of balance and wisdom rather than reactivity. It's also a way of stepping back when you feel enmeshed in someone's stuff. Good wishes like loving kindness are still great, but you cannot control other people's happiness, unhappiness, or actions. This is a really big one especially with those that you're closest to, like your kids, partners, parents, close friends. If you take one thing from today's talk, take that. Just, I cannot control other people's happiness, unhappiness, or actions. All right? You can leave now because that's it. <laughs> but that will really help. That will really, really help, especially off the cushion. So equanimity is... Uh, sometimes referred to as the grandparent feeling. Now, I'm not a grandparent, but grandparents often have this same love for their grandchildren that they have for their kids, but they're just, they're more, there's more ease and perspective around expectations and difficulties. So with equanimity, you are calmly observing or viewing with patience and wisdom. Equanimity is not an experience you can force, you guys. It's something you experience and you nurture through mindfulness practice and bringing it off the cushion. This is similar to all of the Brahma Viharas. So loving kindness, you know, meta practice, uh, compassion, sympathetic joy, mudita, and last but not least, equanimity. 
all of these heart practices, they help shift this negative biased default setting, this narrative of your brain. And this along with mindfulness leads to less suffering. It's a practice of planting seeds and nourishing them with kindness and with awareness. Luckily, the human mind is not fixed. It exhibits this lovely quality of neuroplasticity. So the more you do something like meditate, the easier it is to do it because uh, like Rick Hansen always says, neurons that fire together, wire together. And then these new pathways are laid down, which is great news and brilliant. So with these practices, which includes equanimity, you're developing calm, peace, tranquility, energy, connection, and clarity. And you need a balance between all of these. So this, this practice for me just really resonates. So maybe you're thinking like, ah, you know, this isn't really, this isn't really my, my bag. This isn't really my thing right now. And that's fine too. But I always like to think of any practice that you learn, think of it like a tool that you're putting in your toolbox. Throw it in there and maybe you'll pull it out a year from now, a few months from now. It's great to have. So we're going to be doing breakout rooms, but I would love to have people bring their voices into the room now if anyone would like to share, you know, comment, ask a question, and uh, maybe what you noticed during the meditation, what came up for you, anything about equanimity. Yes, okay. Uh, Don, are you, are you, uh, is it me or you that, that it, uh, two people have their hands up? Oh, you, you go ahead. You can, if, if you okay. see, you go, go ahead and. Uh... Okay. You know, what's funny is um, I can see all of you well, but like with names, like sometimes it's like, wait, what is that person's name? Like, <laughs> please feel free to meet yourself. Um, thank you so much, Kara, for that sit this morning. Um, my, my question is, um, I guess like, I feel like, you know, um, I, I practice some of these Brahma Baharas to cultivate that, but it often feels like the, the preset of pain, painful thoughts is like so much bigger than my practice. So I guess, I guess like, what do you offer to like, cause it's just like, I guess my mind goes to like, oh, I just have a lot of pain firing a lot. And I, and I, I plant the seeds and I nourish them, but it's still like my preset is just so big. So I guess, what do you have to offer to me to continue, I guess, to not get too beat down by the painful presets? Okay. So when you're saying the painful precepts, you're referring to, um, painful thoughts, like, like, like think that brain, like painful thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And do, do you find that they are like, you're catastrophizing? Does it go to like, I mean, is, is it one of those things where does it relate to the arrows? Does it relate to this? You think about this and it goes to this and it goes this and it goes to that type of thing. Yeah. I think it's like that. And then also just like a, a big sense of 
it feels like it's like a big sense of pain in my heart that I kind of get sucked into. And then my, my practice strength is like, feels kind of weak in. Right. Right. Um, what I would say is, and thank you for sharing that because that's, you know, that's, that's a difficult thing to handle. What I would say is that it sounds like your thoughts are taking over and which again, it's like, well, I think that Gina, that's very human. You know, this is, this is so common. So what I would suggest is, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with the uh, triangle of awareness practice, but what you're doing is you're separating out what you're feeling in the body, what you're feeling in your heart, emotions, with both of those, you're not adding a story to it. And third is thoughts. So for you, like most of us, a lot of the time, the thoughts really take over. But underneath the thoughts, I'm guessing there's, there's a lot of emotion. And the emotion is probably, be, probably being carried in the body. So what I would say is rather than focusing on the traditional Brahma Viharas, you know, like what I mentioned, what you mentioned, I would, I would sit with, we can, we can even do it very quickly right now. It's something that you can, you can lengthen, but let's, uh, if you guys don't mind, let's have everyone close their eyes. If that's comfortable for you, keep your eyes open. Just letting yourself settle in. And I invite you to focus on the body. What are you feeling right now without adding a story to it? Maybe the pressure, go back against the chair, achiness somewhere, tingling, pulsating. You can label it if it's helpful. If your mind wanders to thought, just coming back to the body, again, not adding a story to it, simply sweatiness, tightness, pressure. And now shifting your awareness to your heart emotions. What are you feeling right now? Again, without adding a story to it. Maybe it's a combination of things. Boredom, uncertainty, anxiety. Just being with it. And letting yourself feel what you feel. Okay. And then shifting to thoughts, being aware of what is your mind like right now? Is it busy? Is it jumping from thought to thought? Maybe you're ruminating about one thing in particular. 
bringing in curiosity. And then coming back to the breath, if that's comfortable for you. Focusing on the breath, maybe labeling it, breathing in, breathing out. And then when you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes if they were closed. That this is a practice that you can spend time with, or you can do it very quickly. You can do it when you're waiting in line somewhere. You can um, do it. I, I start my morning doing this practice when I'm walking outside. And what I find is that it untangles those three components because I'm guessing that one reason why the thoughts are becoming, it's because your emotions and your thoughts and your body, everything going on there, it's just like this, which is so common for all of us. And by separating out these three things, then it, it helps handle it. Does that make sense for you? Yes, thank you very much. Okay, cool. Okay, and somebody else had a hand up. Thank you. Um... Kara, I appreciate the way that this equanimity practice is structured, the way you took it through. It was very, felt very similar to meta practice. And um, I like that as, you know, just the um, different levels of equanimity. So thank you for that. And um, it's, it's a good reminder because I, I, you mentioned chronic pain, that you have experiences with that. And, I do as well. I'm just um, appreciative that reminder to go to um, equanimity. Um, yeah, recently I've had some issues with that. And if it's okay, Don, um, and I, I have a graphic of the triangle of awareness I can share for you to, you know, kind of reinforce what you just talked about. If you'd like to do that, I can put that up. Is that all right? Um, yeah, if that's, if that's okay Great. with Sarah. Yes. Yeah, uh, so you should be able to do that now. Hoping you can see that. Now. Can you see it? It is. Okay. I love practice. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to further like talk through it or not. You did a pretty comprehensive um, explanation yeah. of it. But. it. It's a it's a really nice practice. And um, it's similar to the stop practice, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, which is yeah, it's a little, it's like a, it kind of incorporates the triangle of awareness practice, but it's something you do off the cushion. This was written way too small for me. Let's see. I can, I might be able to expand it up. Let's see. The, um, but yeah, so you're, so you're basically, uh, yeah. I can read it if you want. I mean, if, if that would help, I, you know, I'm not sure how to get it any bigger than this right now. No, this is good. This is good. It's, um, yeah, I would say uh, if pe people people could take a could take a screenshot of it if that's helpful for them. Um, the it's I it, it is considered a grounding meditation, but for me, honestly, I think of it as an untangling. 
and really because you're you're entangling those three components. And they are, for most of us, they're always just one big, one big chunk. So it's nice to, to you know, know where you are, where to start, and then you can do the triangle awareness practice. And what it does is it's, if you, if you do it first thing in the morning, I find it really helps start your day untangling these three components that when we wake up, as soon as we open our eyes, especially if you go on your phone right away, they're, they're all just, they're all meshed together. But thank you so much for sharing that. I, yeah, I, I, I did it for kids. This is a curriculum for kids. And um, right. it's, um, yeah, oftentimes they're um, way down reactive reactivity mode. And how do you back off and like reverse engineer it and figure out how, where you got, how you got there. And Exactly. Exactly. And, and if you're, uh, I think that with the triangle of awareness also, it gives, it's giving yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. And when you don't add a story to it, this becomes more obvious of what, what you are feeling, like what is underneath? Maybe you think you're feeling anxiety, agitation, and underneath it, maybe there's some fear. And you, you can just let yourself feel whatever it is. Maybe, maybe tears will flow, it's okay. It's okay. It's a it's a great practice. So I I, I think it's I'm, I'm curious what other people think. I, I I love your your input, Richard, and I'm glad that that it came up during. Thank you, Kara. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad, oh. I, I'm glad I got to join today. Um, do you want me to remove the share now or? Yeah, you can remove it. Okay. I'm saying that um, yeah, and also I can um, I'll I'll put my email in the chat to when you guys are in um, uh, in breakout rooms. Because I, 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 the, the way I like to teach is really interactive and I like to be really um, there for students. So any of you can email me with any questions or comments, you know, about, about today's, today's practice. You know, some people are really comfortable sharing with the group and other people are not. So I like to, to make that offer to you. Uh, thank you for your guided meditation and, and your talk. Um, I've uh, used Vipassana techniques and more recently I've started using Zen techniques. And I think one of the Zen techniques, uh, the koan is very good at developing equanimity very quickly. Uh, basically, Zen master Sian Song used to say that sitting meditation is only a small part of practicing Zen. Uh, there's also brushing your teeth meditation, uh, watching TV, um, whatever you're doing. Uh, if you're using a koan, it's very easy to just, for example, exhale and focus on your abdomen and say moo. Uh, and there are no thoughts, there's no emotions, there's no anything that you're attached to. Um, everything just arises and passes away. Um, and you very quickly become equanimous or develop equanimity. So that's another technique uh, that uh, you may wanna try. Nice. 
And and uh, my background's not in Zen, but I 100% agree and 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 uh, teach that to do. You know, piggyback this stuff on to stuff that you already do every single day. Like you can be mindfully brushing your teeth. You can mindfully shower. You can yeah. I love that. I love that, and it helps you be more accepting. If you if you say the words, may may you know things are as they are. Accept things just as they are. When things are absolutely fine, it's going to make it easier to say when things are a little more challenging. Hopefully that makes sense to everyone because, you know, we're all just kind of cruising along and then something happens and it's like, whoa, that's not okay. And then you're right. But if you have the tools, then it's, it's there for you. It's easily accessible. Great. Great, great, great. Would anyone else like to share anything that they they noticed, what showed up while they were meditating? I just want to say thank you. This has been absolutely delightful and incredibly helpful. And I realized as we were talking about the letting things go, like the circumstances of my year mean letting a lot of things go. And I appreciated the reminder. And I had another teacher who taught me this as well, that if you can't quite get to the stage of saying, I accept things as they are, that it's okay to say, may I accept things as they are. So to make it a wish instead of a statement. And I just think you should know that I wrote that down when you said it. And now it's going to live on my wall because I'm a big fan of like post-it statements <laughs> as a, Love as a reminder. Love right? that. <laughs> so I just wanted I to say, thank you. It's on my wall. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm all for um, reminders. Okay, so I'm gonna share something that I have because I'm naturally a very fast talker. So this is my little thing that, that I have. <laughs> so speak slowly, pause, because I tend to you know, go quickly. So it's, uh, and sometimes just by writing it, you do it. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm all, I love that you shared that. All right. We share that bond. <laughs> and also please have fun with your practice. Okay, that, that is a big one for me. I mean, I, you have to take your practice seriously, but not so seriously that it's going to stress you out. No, I don't want anyone stressed out about meditating or about practicing. So be kind to yourself. You, if you didn't sit today, well, you all did sit today, but if you didn't sit a different day, then, you know, it's okay. It's okay. So. Okay. Well, I say that uh, we go into breakout rooms unless someone else has something they want to, they want to comment on. And um, I'm so uh, happy that Don is here and the the tech the tech whiz. So uh, you can you okay. can uh, yeah I'll I'll put us in uh, no more than four people in a room and uh, if it works for you Kara I'll bring us back about eleven twenty ish or or do you want to do more like fifteen minutes and break out? Uh, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, fifteen minutes is wait, fifteen minutes is good, right? The um, yeah, eleven twenty. Yep, that's fine. Here we go, and and if you're not, 
or whichever one was more time, because I, I want each person to feel like they have, you know, at least like three minutes to talk sure. and minutes to talk afterwards. And um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a prompt, but you don't, you don't have to use it if you don't want to, you know, you can, you can use the prompt, but the prompt that I have is to bring up a time in your life where recently either you, you felt equanimity, you know, it was very accessible or a situation where you're really struggling to find the sense of balance, this ease, this sense of non-reactivity. And uh, you're also free to talk about, you know, your experience today during the meditation. All right, welcome back officially. All right, so we are going to end with a loving kindness practice, dedicating the merit. So uh, settling in again. And finding that posture again that works for you. Whether sitting, standing, lying down. With loving kindness, it's important to be comfortable. Your eyes can be open, soft, looking down, or closed. Maybe taking a few deep breaths to help the mind, body settle in again. If you like really elongating the out breath, you can even think as if you're blowing through a straw, soft and smooth. like you're giving yourself this gift of relaxation right here, now. And just noticing what is here for you right now in your experience and letting yourself be just as you are. Finding, following and feeling the breath, whether in the abdomen, chest or nose, Letting go of the control of the breath, knowing that your body knows how to breathe, following its natural rhythm. And as always, if the breath doesn't work for you as your anchor, you can use sounds or the sensations of your hands or feet. Knowing that if you like, you can come back to this anchor during the loving kindness practice. If your mind wanders, just label it, thinking, planning, and come back to the breath. And start by bringing attention to your chest, your physical heart, or to wherever you feel kindness and connection in the body, if you do feel it. For most people, that is the actual heart. But for some, it could be the belly, or perhaps some other area. And if you like, you can include some supportive touch, soothing, maybe putting your hand on your heart or belly, or holding your hands together, feeling the warmth, support, 
whatever feels right for you in this moment. And notice if your heart feels open or closed right now or anything in between. As always, not in order to change it, but in order to know. And I invite you now to send loving kindness to yourself. And this can be the adult you are today, or perhaps picture yourself as a young child or maybe even a baby. What do you need to be deeply happy? If it comes, send that to yourself. And if nothing happens, that is fine. I'll be saying some phrases that you can repeat silently to yourself. And it's okay if you're not actually feeling the emotion that you're saying. And also feel free to adapt the words so that they resonate with you. And if bringing in some sense of creativity feels right for you, like feeling kindness glowing through your body as a light color, then do this. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be truly happy and deeply peaceful. And if you're finding difficulty with this practice, maybe saying, may I one day feel deeply happy and deeply peaceful. May I live my life with ease. May I be healthy. And if may I be healthy doesn't resonate for you, you can say, May I accept the limitations that I'm dealing with gracefully, even though this is difficult. May I accept the limitations that I'm dealing with gracefully, even though this is difficult. May I love and accept myself exactly as I am in this moment. Notice how you feel right now, checking into your body, heart, mind, and breath. And if you don't feel much of anything, that is okay too. 
Maybe you can savor these kind words and get a sense for how this feels in the body, a felt sense. Whatever it is you're feeling right now, may you hold this too with kindness. If you were to take a few breaths of loving kindness, what would that feel like right now? Now dedicating the merit together, may we carry each other for these difficult times through the strength of our practice, sitting in silence and stillness, breathing as one, and sending kindness to all beings everywhere, without exception. And you can slowly open your eyes when you're ready. And thank you so much for having me in your Sangha today. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.